This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. I remember as a kid listening to the stories of Yitzchak as he digs the wells that Avram Avinu dug and the ensuing fight with all the other shepherds. And it really bothered me because injustice tends to bother me. And there was one part of the story, the end of the story, that really never sat very well with me. The story goes, Yitzchak is digging his wells. Every well that he digs, it gets overrun by the shepherds, they clog it up, he has to keep moving from well to well to well. Finally, at the end, Yitzchak has a vision. He has a nevuah. And Hashem comes to him, and he says, you should know, Hashem says, I am the God of your father, Avram. Don't worry, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. You should know, I'm with you. Right after that, Avimelech, the king, who was really not very good to him in the first place, he shows up. And Avimelech comes with a whole contingent of people, and he brings with him his head general, Fichal. So he brings a bunch of people, Ufichal Tsar Tzavai. So he comes with a bunch of people in a show of strength, and he says to him, Yitzchak, Yitzchak says to him, Why do you come here? What do you want from me? You guys don't really like me very well. Why do you come here? You hate me. You chase me away. What do you want from me? So, Avimelech says to him, very unapologetically, very unapologetically, he says to him, well, we see that Hashem is with you, and we figured we're going to make a peace treaty with you. You shouldn't do anything bad to us, we won't do anything bad to you. Yitzhak never did anything bad to them. The perpetrators here, the antagonizers here, was Avimelech and his people. Yitzhak never did anything wrong. They come to him and they say to him, we want to make a treaty with you. You should never do anything wrong to to us. (laughs) Excuse me, I never did anything wrong to you. They come with this attitude, in my mind, as a child, that, like, hey, let's sign on the dotted line, we won't do anything to you, you won't do anything to us, let's just be friends. And he says, if you'll do things bad, then it'll be a problem, but sign up, let's not do anything wrong. And he does. He, he says, okay, fine, let's make a peace treaty. They make a peace treaty. They wake up in the morning. They, they swear to each other. He sends them away and he goes in peace. And it like really bothered me, this whole story. I mean, he's the victim. Imagine like a kid in school. He's getting bullied every day. Every day gets beaten up. Finally, like midway through the year, the bully comes over to him and says, Hey, listen, let's make peace. You sign here, you won't do anything more bad to me. I'll sign here that I won't do anything bad to you. Okay, I appreciate the gesture. I'm happy not to get bullied anymore. Thank you. But is there no mention of all the bad that you did to me? Is there no mention of all the wells that you plugged up? Is there no mention of my lunch money that you stole every day? I have to sign that I won't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. I don't have to sign that I'm not going to be an animal anymore. You need to sign that. Yitzchak doesn't mention any of this. He just says, oh, okay, 
You, you guys want to make a treaty? I'm happy to make a treaty. Great, let's make a treaty. <laughs> they make a treaty. Why didn't Yitzhak say to him, excuse me? No. No, 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 no. Hashem just showed up to me, and he's going to be with me. So I'm not scared of you. You want to know what is going to take a peace treaty? A list of demands. I want my wells back. I want some compensation. I want some interest. I want some penalties. I want all you people to worship me. Like, give me money. Give me taxes. Give me sheep. Give me something. He doesn't do that. I want an apology. 300 page apology. You know, I will never harm Yitzchak or his sheep ever again. Nothing. He doesn't get anything. He doesn't get an apology. He doesn't get anything. And it really bothered me when I was a child into my adult, into my 40s, 50s, and 60s. It always bothered me. But now that I'm in my ripe old age, I think I have an answer. Here's the answer. We all have in our brains pathways. I'll give you an example. Something that always (laughs) baffles me from when I was following politics in the Nixon age. Every time a politician loses loses the presidency, the next morning, whether it's whichever side, they always say, well, they won the popular vote. Or they could have won the popular vote. If you count up the popular vote in this and this and this and this state, then they really could have won. But in America, we have a system of the electoral college, which means that each state has a certain amount of votes that the whole state goes towards that candidate. So they didn't win that, but they could have won the popular vote, or they did win the popular vote. So it's not so bad. They're like almost the president, but they're not. But they could have been. So it's not like they really got beaten, even though they're not the president. So we're all happy, even though we lost. And that is such a false statement. Because understanding that the American political system is run on the Electoral College, the entire vote, the entire campaign is run on getting votes to win the Electoral College. That's it. That's how it is run. And any politician... Any political analyst will tell you that there are specific swing states that you have to campaign in more than others, which a certain woman who was running for president missed out on, and therefore she lost, even if she may have won some sort of popular count in some... It doesn't matter, because you missed the boat. Because there's a specific line of reasoning that you need to go down to become the president of the United States, the most important person in the world. Everything else makes no difference. Nobody cares. You could have won all the votes in the world. But you know what you lost? The electoral college, which is what you were here to win. That's how it works. It's a very clear system. The system is laid out. You need to win the electoral college. Had you won something else, we don't care. Nobody cares. I'm not getting excited about politics because I honestly really could not care about politics. But what does bother me is the fallacy of these arguments which are just so asinine. People don't understand 
There is a specific pathway to the presidency. What is difficult to understand? Nothing. So you just have to follow the bouncing ball. And if you didn't, then you need to get up in front of a microphone and accept responsibility. Say, I am a loser. I lost. I am sorry. I lost. We all do this on a consistent basis. There is a pathway to Shalom bias. There is a pathway to having a happy marriage. It's three things. I'm going to tell it to you right now. It's three things that will increase your marriage 75%. Guaranteed. What you say, when you say it, and how you say it. What you say, when you say it, and how you say it. If you mess up one of those three, your spouse might be angry. (laughs) And if they're angry, then you're just not doing it right. You can say, but I won the... That's very nice. But I had... That's very nice. Nobody cares. Because you just didn't follow the bouncing ball. It's a very clear line to victory. The president needs the electoral college. A husband needs these three tools. A wife needs these three tools. And there are way more. And we talk about these all the time. But there are specific pathways that you have to go down. And once you're going down that pathway, you can't do things that will infringe on that pathway. I'm going to give you an example. I had a couple I'm sitting with. And the woman says, and by the way, whenever I talk about these couples, we try to change a few details to protect the innocent, if you know what I'm saying. So this woman's sitting there and she's saying how every morning she gets up, she makes herself a whole breakfast and she eats dishes, she leaves it in the sink. Her husband is very upset about that. Honey, why are you leaving all your dishes in the sink? I'm supposed to clean them up after you? She says, yeah. So he feels resentment that he's the one who's cleaning up the dishes. So I said to her... Do you want your husband to be happy? Right? (laughs) Clue. That is the goal. (laughs) Okay? So let's put that on the board. That is the goal. You want your spouse happy. Yes. She says, oh yeah, absolutely. Great. So here's the secret. Whatever you're going to do, whatever decisions you're going to make, whatever you're going to say, whenever you're going to say it, however you're going to say it, make sure that it has your goal in mind. Right? Okay? You want your husband to be happy. Now, the floor is yours. So she says, well, I want to be very classy. And therefore, I want to have a spread in the morning like I feel like I'm eating in the Hilton, you know, (laughs) breakfast in bed. This is amazing. Wow, who made this for me? I made this for myself. Oh, wow, you're such a great husband, wife, whatever I am. Great, and I eat my eggs, and I eat my French toast, I eat my coffee and everything. I want to be classy to myself. That's my kavana. Okay. But it makes your husband upset. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, I want to be classy. Like this is, you know, I want to be classy. You, you understand, right? I want to be classy. Now, I don't, but let's assume I did. This is the side. There's a path. That path does not work well with many other paths. And if you realize that your pathway is infringing on other people's happiness, If you realize the things that you're putting into your life, your marriage, your schedule, 
is hurting other people in your family. If you realize that the things that you're saying or doing, or not saying or not doing, are infringing on other people, then you are the person, the day after the election, standing there and smiling, and saying, I almost won. <laughs> I, I won all of this and this, and that and that, and the women and the females and the minorities and the, the people of that. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. There has to be an owning up, an understanding that there's a clear line to, to victory. There's only one way to do it. Yitzchak Avinu chopped that. He chopped that. Avimelech comes. He's the bully. He's been killing him. He's been his people have been plugging up every one of his wells. Let's not forget, a well in those days wasn't like, oh, cool, I got 13 wells. It wasn't like we look at like, you know, I have an extra car. It was water. <laughs> it was water. You needed this to survive, okay? So they did not have water because it was plugged up. It <laughs> comes along, comes along, Avimelech, and he, like, not, not apologizing at all. But he says, you know what? I'm willing to offer you a peace treaty. And Yitzchak shows us that no matter what you have going on in your life, no matter how right you are, no matter how much you deserve an apology, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, realize that there's only one thing to do. Vayashkimu babayker. Get up early in the morning. Vayishavu ish la'achiv. Swear to each other. Promise each other. Promise yourself that there will be shalom. Promise yourself that you'll stop doing the things that you realize this is a hindrance to my marriage. Think about what you're saying. Think about when you're saying it. And think about how you say it. Increase your marriage because there's only one pathway that leads to success. And if you have other things, other roads, which bisect this, and they infringe on this, and they hurt this, whether it's a Seder and learning, whether it's a business, whether it's a Mishagas, whether it's exercise, whether it's anything that infringes on your family, your core, the most important thing in your entire life. If you don't have that core, you will have nothing to build on. You could be the classiest person in the world. Or you could be the happiest wife in the world. It's your choice. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.